Welcome to Multiclass Theater for The Revenge. Multiclass Theater uses a D20 system, and you can't copyright dice rolling. Our show is all in fun, but it does contain adult language, gratuitous pop culture references, and fantasy violence. And this episode is heavier on the graphic violence than usual, so please listen at your discretion. Last time. The party found a mysterious ship almost completely buried in the desert. And of course, it was none other than the mysterious Caliban, whose history is somehow linked to Desmond's own. Within the ship's hold was a strange treasure chest filled not with gold, but with water. Rotan dove in, discovering that the chest was some kind of portal to the ocean, and emerged just offshore from an island. Desmond hastily followed and swam ashore. Indeed, this was the very island where he had been marooned for uncounted years. As he explored, he found possessions long forgotten, including one book containing his true name, Alix. I'm sure we'll all remember to call him that from here on out. But the longer Desmond and Rotan spent ashore, the longer they began to feel that something was out of place they decided to turn to the expertise of the rest of the party. <laughs> of the rest of the party. And that's where we join them, on Multiclass Theater. I barely got that out with a straight face. The group of you find yourselves standing on the shores of this tranquil, almost idyllic desert island. You look out at the sea before you and the waves roll in softly, but there doesn't appear to be any large waves or high winds or anything that looks menacing or anything. It's just, it's very strange. You find yourselves just standing in this almost vision of what a desert island would be, with white clouds lazily floating across the sky. In front of you there is a cave, and around the cave is a forest of palm trees. To your right there are rocks rising up from the shore, and the surf just sort of gently crashes against it. On the beach itself it is just flawless sand. There are no seashells. There's no seaweed that's been washed up. It's picturesque. It'd be a lovely place for a vacation if you didn't have adventuring to do. Question. Do I do I remember it being like this? Like kind of off-putting and strange and weird? Like kind of everything is just kind of perfect and in its place? Or do I remember it being more island-like where fish and turtles and... You remember... It being, like, you have distinct memories of fishing. You have memories of turtles. You have memories of storms, terrifying nights where you thought that the surf was going to flood the cave. You have memories of struggling to catch fish, fearful that you were going to die of starvation. And yet, as you stand here on this beach, looking out at the surf, at the sky at everything, it feels almost unreal. Uh, well, everyone, um, welcome to... Well, it's strange, because it looks like the island that I was marooned on, um, 
in every way, except it's well, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's it's very um it's very off-putting in a way. I can't I can't quite um put my finger on it, but it's it's like it's um like a replica or something. It's it's like a like a cardboard uh, cutout. Uh, like like if someone imagined what an island what my island would look like, and they they just replicated it in a, in a strange like a picture, a drawing of sorts, and wished it into existence. It would be this, but it is my island. It, I recognize that cave. I, 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 I stayed in there. Everything in there is, is as it I remember. The trees, uh, that rock over there, I fished upon it. And I'm not sure what you mean. This off-putting, this place seems wonderful. Why would you ever leave? Oh, um, it's, it's a bit different when uh, you have the option of, of coming here, perhaps on a vacation, but uh, when you have, when you are forced to stay here, it uh, wears out its, its welcome quite quickly. Did you build the shelter while you were here? Is that shelter still here? Oh, well, I, I stayed in uh, this cave over there. Oh. oh, how cozy. Yes. So I, sorry, I've only known you for a couple days. I, maybe you've told everyone this before. How long were you on here? And then how, how'd you get off the island? As I'm, I, I'm here, bits and pieces of my memory are starting to come back. Uh, I'm realizing now that it must have been somewhere around 50 years or so that I was stuck here. 50 years? Uh, yes, yes, quite a time. And uh, I, I, I was, well, I, I was saved by what I believe to be... Um, the work of, of my uh, goddess, Alarion, the Lady of the Sea. She made herself known to me in the sky uh, one night and g- g- gifted me with, with uh, a variety of magical abilities. Uh, and then shortly after, I was discovered by a passing uh, ship and rescued. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So that's how you got your magic... your, your healing stuff that I've seen you do? Like a, a goddess gave it to you? Yes, yes, Great, exactly. great, yeah. That didn't work for me. Um, anyways. Uh, like me! <laughs> yeah, and Rotan, <laughs> of all people. Everyone can heal but me. Oh, uh, you... oh yes, hello. <laughs> hello. I get the feeling you're not, um, having the home sweet home sort of reunion that you would have rather had. Well, it's very, it's very, uh, bittersweet. It's, it's, um, it's... I mean, this island was my home, but it was, in a way, a bit of a prison. Um, and I made do with what I had, but many years of my life were... It's very tricky. I, I, I remember from reading this journal bits about my life, bits about my mother, my real name, um, where, what, what history could have... What could my life have been had I not been... Yeah, it's... it's um, but, you know, seeing it again, it's... It's a mixed of it's very uh, emotionally complicated. Well, Daisy, why don't you um, show us around? Take us into your cave and all. Looks cozy. Oh yes, yes, of course. Um, uh, yes, please, please, come, come. I, uh, there are many books in there that I wish to uh, peruse uh, too while we have the time. Um, but uh, come, and I'll lead them all to the, the cave. So as you start walking towards the cave, Desmond in the front. Winley at his side, then Debbie, and then Rotan. I think Rotan's gonna hang back, actually. Rotan, give me a constitution. Oh, okay. Save. You might be hanging way back. 
Uh, ten. Rotan, you're starting to feel lightheaded. Interesting. Like you're not, you're not sure. Maybe it was the swim. Maybe you're a little disoriented, but you're feeling maybe a little nauseous and lightheaded. Okay. Okay. So as the group of you minus Rotan walk towards the cave, and we succeed in our three-way party split. Let's jump back to the desert, to Mist and Buck. What are y'all doing? All right. Now I'm a little confused. What's the difference between a spell, a cantrip, and a feat. And it's not like foot feet. It's like feet, like a feat that I done did. So, okay, so a cantrip is something you can... A cantrip is a special kind of spell that you can cast anytime you want, uh, like this. Pachow! And Mist hucks an Eldritch Bolt out of the... Uh, <laughs> damn it, I'm going to roll one. I'm going to cast one today if it kills me. Crab and Italy. <laughs> so you can do those anytime. Other more powerful spells, you've got to. You can only cast so many of those per day. Um, it's. Uh, I know it's a silly scheme for doing magic. It can be really frustrating, but resource conservation. So here it is. And feats are more like just special skills and abilities that you've picked up over the course of adventuring. Oh, like the ability to make ham. Well, I'm pretty sure in older edition there was a feat for cooking i'm not sure if there's one wait do you mean like cook a ham or do you mean like make a ham appear out of nowhere oh well that's a spell there's a spell for that hamification no oh do you know it uh that'd be a little awkward actually i think rotan does oh we'll have to ask him when he gets back yes please (laughs) out of character gruber does not have proficiency in making ham because he burnt down his house. No, no, he does not. He gained some XP from that, surely. As the three of you, four of you, including Concord, play your game, um, Ames, did your familiar cross into the... No, Roz stayed behind as my preferred communications vessel. So, assuming we're on the same plane of existence, I can still talk to her. This is a big assumption I'm making. <laughs> okay. Roz is there sort of circling the ship and uh, flying up above invisible, just sort of keeping an eye on things. She's looking down at the game and like sort of scoffing and like the ugh, people playing games at a time like this. But they can't see her doing that. Fair enough. Let's jump back to the cave. So Desmond, Winley, Debbie, you walk into the cave and you see what I described last time. You see various bits of sort of flotsam and jetsam that have been rescued from the sea or a shipwreck, a broken ship's wheel, crates, broken barrels. Ahead of you is a desk that has kind of been jury-rigged into sort of a functioning thing. Um, On top of it is uh, a book and several pieces of loose paper. There's a pile of books to your right uh, and There's a hammock hanging up along the wall, and immediately to your right, almost behind you as you enter the cave, is, in pristine condition, a piano. Um, uh, Yes, well, uh, feel free to um, uh, make yourselves uh, at home. Um, I'm going to just be perusing these these books for a a little bit, um, perhaps to piece together some more more, uh, memories. Clarification request. Where did the books come from and the piano? Excellent question. Um, 
Yes. That part I am a bit fuzzy on. Um, I never thought of that. That's very interesting. Um, well, the books, um, I don't know. Maybe there'll be some answers in these in these books. The books I could see being in like a backpack or something, maybe. It's the piano that I'm having a hard time imagining you dragging along the seafloor as you were shipwrecked out here. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps I was someone of, like, Herculean strength once upon a time. <laughs> maybe in my youth. You know, perhaps I was uh, someone along the along the lines of Rotan, <laughs> wielding hammers of sorts. Right, right, right. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Where, where is Rotan? <laughs> oh yes, where? Did we split the party three ways? <laughs> Even more ripped than I am now. <laughs> Dizzy, I didn't know you played the piano. Well, until today, I didn't either. Um, but apparently, that's a thing I do. Um. Wenley takes out her lute. Oh, Daisy, don't you think we could have just a little improvisation? I know Adam would love to construct a beautiful something with a lute and piano. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's make it as complex as we can. Let's change time signatures and keys and make it really avant-garde and, and, and just... Something like jazz improvisation, but yes. with no key signature. <laughs> Completely atonal. <laughs> that would be lovely, I think. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Challenge accepted. It's like that moment Diana was like, and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. Well, and I'm like, well, we're gonna, shoot. We're gonna, we're, we are actually going to find out right now just how beautiful it is. Winley Desmond, give me a performance Oh, cool. Oh boy. This is the thing on, that baby. I am best in. Watch me roll like a. Alright, 26. <laughs> Natural 20. <laughs> there you go, Adam. Let's go. Gracious. Well, I'd better get started then. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you start playing, and the music is. It's transcendent. <laughs> like, you, it just resonates within your chest. Unbidden, you, you, you're both smiling and crying at the same time. Fuck. The song is called No Pressure. <laughs> I'd just like to say this is the best thing that I've done in this podcast thus far. <laughs> Outside of the cave, Rotan, you can hear this music drifting outwards. So, so I think, so, so he's still feeling nauseous, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so I think he's he's just kind of like panting a little on the beach, and he like wipes the sweat from his forehead, and then then he like his eyes lock onto something on the horizon, and it's the sea serpent, which presumably is still working its it way around. Okay. Still swimming around out there. Undulating in time to the music. <laughs> so, so Rotan's gonna draw his sword, and he's going to start walking along the beach <laughs> following the sea monster. Okay, sounds good. So the sea serpent is continuing to swim its way in its counterclockwise fashion around the island. Meanwhile, back in the desert, you continue to play your game. At one point, Mist, you look outside, and you notice that the sun is considerably lower in the sky. It looks like it's approaching evening. They've been gone for hours. Huh. Must be having fun? Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried myself. Okay, how much has Sodal told you about what we're here to do? Famously forthcoming with information as she is. Well, I mean, y'all came to me, so... 
Yeah, but didn't she? Oh no. I figured right. she sent you because of. Never mind. What? What? What are you worried about happening here? So over the last couple years, we've probably pissed off more than a few people with some measure of power. Now, now the good news is is that most of them are either dead or incarcerated, so go us. But as we've kind of worked our way up the bad guy food chain, we've started to come to the notice of some, uh, uh, what do I call them? Let's call them big nasties, for want of a better term, who are a little bit, who aren't quite so easy to deal with. I kind of was figuring the four of them would be fine, and it would suck if one of them came at us from this side, and you weren't ready? Prepared? Uh, what's the word? Ambush. Ambush. That's the word I want. So you, you're worried that one of them's gonna... But, okay. When we say big nasty, how big and nasty are we talking here? Do you know what else goes folly? Pretend that I do. Yeah. yeah. So you, 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 would, you would be aware of that. Yeah. Uh, if at least one of these entities gets their way, that's basically the 10 minute demo of a 100 hour epic. That was mm-hmm. probably going to be like the end of the world. Or, or at least a significant chunk of it. All right. So is there a specific one that you're worried about? Call it healthy paranoia after a couple of years of... I mean, for us, it's really been more like a year, maybe six months. But then there's a whole time warp thing. It, you know what? I, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's a... <laughs> I, I wasn't always a rancher, so... I'm no stranger to that, that that weariness that you get after a long period of either being on the go or being at war. So I, I understand. You're, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I also know that the, the good news is the, the, the biggest bad, A, seems to largely work alone, and B, last I saw him, was hanging out on a ship. Um, of course, <laughs> He points to the ship that's around them. This ship? No, no, no. I'm saying like oh, that no, he's on a ship. Don't scare me. No, sorry. I'm just saying like that he's on a ship doesn't immediately mean he's not in the desert because obviously somehow ships can end up in the desert. Well, all right. Is there anything that we should be looking out for? Or is it one of those, we're just going to be sitting here and then all of a sudden there's a bright flash of light and we're done? Uh, I think it's going to be more of like, I don't think it'll be quite that fast. Mostly because... Mm. Uh, several things still have to happen before that becomes a significant issue and if we Hmm. do our job right we will add to the number of things that have to happen at the very least if not stymie him outright but I know the others have various servants I've encountered one already at least uh, and I don't know who all they who they all are Uh, you know truth be told for all I know you could be one of them but I don't think Soldal would have sent us to you if she had those suspicions. And as much as I don't like her, I do trust her. I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse, friend, but I can cause enough trouble on my own. I don't need to be working for no weird gods or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it just means you fit right in with the rest of us. Well, I don't know too much about Devi, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, with the start that we had. Yeah, right. Like, that's par for the course. Ah, eh, just a little bit of fun. Honestly, this, he gestures at the chest, 
this feels kind of normal. Does it? Uh, I mean... That's disconcerting, friend. We gotta set y'all on a more calm path. (laughs) So, as the two of you talk, Mist, your ear twitches as you hear the whinny of a horse. At first you think it's Concord, but then you're like, no, no, that sounds like a horse, not the braying of a donkey. And it doesn't sound that far away. Sweet, I didn't even have to roll for it. No, haha, I actually rolled your passive perception. <laughs> ah. Learning. Well, it's pretty damn good, so... It is. Can Roz see anything flying up above like she is? Yes, but you have received no word from Roz. Debbie has not, or...? Debbie has not. Okay. Roz would go down to communicate any danger or encounters she sees coming, though. Can Roz speak? Uh, Roz can communicate simple ideas, emotions, and images telepathically. Okay. To anyone? To anyone. Alright, Ames, I'm going to message you, and I'm going to tell you what Roz sees. But, it's important to note that when she tries to reach out to Debbie, I mean, she can say what she wants, but Debbie doesn't hear anything. Debbie doesn't hear anything. Okay. That's disconcerting. Now I'm questioning the other planes of existence thing. Mysteries are being communicated. Secrets, secrets, secrets. Secrets, secrets, secrets. <laughs> Numbers. Okay, Ames, sent. If Ross were to move, you could get more information, but that's what you see. She would see them for a fair bit off, and she has a good flying speed, so I think she'd go try to get a little closer look first. Okay. Am I going to get the intel secretly for this, too? Yep. Because I want to see Roz communicate this to the other two. Meanwhile, um, so, speaking of trouble finding us, um, I think we may have company. Is, are, is there any, other than the gaping hole in the hull, is there any place to peek out from inside the ship? Uh, whatever's coming towards you is coming from a direction that you can't readily view it. At least, looking out the smaller holes. You could stick your head out the big hole if you wanted. You have not heard anything from Gruber, though. Uh, in fact, you, as you look out the big hole, you see that Gruber is actually curled up on the ground asleep. It's adorable. Yeah, but he's vulnerable. And All right, all right. I, hang on. Uh, do I need to roll a strength to pick up Gruber like a baby or like a toddler who fell asleep and then put him in Do you want, so you want to, you'd have to exit the boat if, you're, if you want to yeah. exit the boat? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you exit the boat. Um, you can make an athletics check to pick him up. It's not going to be a hard feat, but... Since we're sticking our heads out, I will I will kind of f- follow and keep watch. It's going to be a 19. Okay. You reach down and you lift him up and he he murmurs softly and kind of like leans up against your, your bulk. Oh, alright. You can easily return him to the boat. Into the hull. Um, but before you do so, you and Mist look out at the horizon and at the setting sun and there silhouetted against the setting sun you see three shadows or the shadows of three figures on horseback walking towards you the one in the lead seems to be tall and thin to that their left the figure is shorter and stouter and then to their right is a smaller figure on what looks like you're guessing is a pony they all seem to be wearing large or hats of some sort. So you can't really see too much of what they actually look like from this distance. I think Roz has returned at this point and will appear 
visible inside the boat, uh, or next to the t other two, if they're outside the boat. Has Ross appeared to them before? Uh, or has yes. she been invisible this entire time? She uh, was visible during the very first encounter. Okay, okay. So the two of you, uh, you, Buck, you set Gruber down, and he just rolls over on his side towards the opposite hall and or the opposite side of the hall and continues sleeping. And he, next to him, in fact, right in back of him, all of a sudden, Roz appears, this fluffy fox-type creature. And she is jumping up and down excitedly like, yip, 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 yip. I don't, I don't, tell me about it. Mist and Buck, in your minds, you see an image or an idea of horse, 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 rabbit, turtle, cat. Horse, 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 rabbit, turtle, cat, cowboy, cowboy, cowboy. All right, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think I'm suffering dehydration. <laughs> Thank you, little lady. Yeah, appreciate horse, it. Horse turtle, horse rabbit, horse cat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cowboy, cowboy, we're gonna, cowboy. We're gonna meet them. We're gonna treat them like they're friendly until we see otherwise, and uh, it will go on our way. She just kind of looks at you uh, with trepidation, like. <laughs> okay, that's the plan. And Mist is gonna tug the brim of his uh, hat, which has not gotten a whole lot of use the last few seasons, and he is going to go ahead and take on the form of, for want of a better option, uh, oh yeah, we'll go with uh, Smoke Feather, his uh, Kenku disguise that he used last. I'm sorry, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, Pardon. um. That was a lot of language all at once, but what, what? I'm a bird! Not really. It's still, it's still me. I just. What are you? Uh, I am a magic cat in a magic hat. Mm -mm. Or, or do you mean literally? What shape have I taken? Any, any, either or. Uh, can uh, you at least warn a man before you do that? Yeah. Sorry. Uh, well, I mean, we didn't get warning from Rainbow Fox here, so. Yeah. Well, that new new team rule: if you're gonna change form or you're gonna suddenly become visible or invisible, you warn everybody. I'm gonna shit my britches at this rate. I I will I will agree to uh, well not the, the I will agree to that not to the shitting of britches but I will agree. Yeah, I don't want that either. To the, yeah, no, understand. And as the two of you or the three of you await your the arrival of your guests, let's go back to the cave. So Desmond, you're digging through the stacks of books, and you notice most of the books are mildewed and rotted to the point of not being legible. Whatever was written on these books, it was definitely handwritten in there. However, you do find that the book on top of the stack is the least damaged of, of the, 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 the stack, the pile that you've encountered. And it tells the tale. It almost seems like a continuation of the book that you had been reading talking further about the sort of training that this boy went through that this 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 woman Ariel taught him to wield magic and it talks a lot about him leaving you know at night and during the day to escape you know and do all of this stuff behind his mother's back and at the end of it as you're just kind of flipping through in the last page it looks like it was beginning to tell the story of his mother's discovery of what he's been up to. 
and her utter sense of betrayal. And then the last line is, but more on that tomorrow. So, Debbie, Winley, what are you doing? I'm happy to keep playing. Just kind of a chipper, upbeat, non-annoying melody. Sort of that um, accents what Desmond is doing. Almost like Winley is writing the accompaniment to uh, Desmond's newfound knowledge and uh, rambling through his books. It's all of a sudden turned into a silent movie. Desmond's big reactions and Windley like punctuating it with now Debbie's like bopping along enjoying the music but she will scan the books and I'll do an arcana check to see if any of them strike or knowledge history whatever is relevant to sure well, which one of those is it because one is much better than the other well I mean you could do a history check they, they don't seem to be about they're not magic books well no you could do an arcana check do an, you could do I, I, you know what it's up to you I'll do an arcana first that's what she's most interested okay. in and I rolled a two, so that's a 14 arcana. As the tale in the book describes the training and the teaching and the various, um, the sort of journey that the boy went on, very little of it, in fact, none of it sounds like it's about a goddess or about an extraplanar creature granting magic. It very much sounds like sorcery to you. So that, that what the boy is being taught to do is to tap into the natural arcane energy of the world and manifest it as magic. Desmond, do you know what the story is? Um, well, I, I would assume uh, that this is... Uh, well, I, I, I know, actually, that this, this is about me. This is perhaps my journal. This is something that I wrote. I remember these things as I read them, yes. So are you, are you the, the young boy in the story? Uh, yes, yes, I am uh, Alex, as it, as it were. Alex. Well, it's nice to meet you, Alex. Thank you. It's, it, I'm still weighing the, the feel of it and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It is my name. Names are hard. Changing them is weird. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... This, this sounds familiar as I read it. Oh, yes? Really? It's, it feels like sorcery. Yes, this this is the thing. Um, I have conflicting memories here now. It's like, well, up till now, I always believed that the magic I possess came from the goddess when she bestowed it upon me, but now I distinctly remember learning things of the arcane nature from this woman, um, which doesn't... Des- Desmond, give me a give me history check. Uh, mind you, while, while uh, the conversation sort of shifted, so the lute playing shifted to a bit of a minor key, <laughs> and it's <Mysterious>. now <laughs> just uh, a bit more of a haunting tune. Uh, nineteen. Okay, all right. So yeah, you you definitely remember that, and as you said, it's you remember both like they were absolutely real. And absolutely true. Yes, well, that's that's interesting, isn't it? Do you remember what you were taught? Um. Uh, well. Uh, uh, well, th- these are very early memories. Uh, simple spells, I believe. Um, nothing too complex. Nothing. No calling lightning down from the sky. Nothing like that. But um. Did you burn things? Did you drain the life out of small rabbits? <laughs> 
Would I remember the spells, Diana, or like the specifics? I mean, you can feel free to fill in what you want here. I don't think you were you were you were draining the life out of rabbits. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think it's definitely you started off with cantrips and prestidigitation and doing dancing lights and <laughs> you know you started off with the basics like how to produce fire and how to maybe create water and okay. things like that and then went from there. It's not as easy for you, Dev, uh, for other people, Debbie, as it is for you. <laughs> I'll have you know the toll that that is a cantrip. It is. Uh, well, yes, well, now that I remember, I remember learning um, a, a wide variety of spells. Uh, very, very simple. Uh, I remember learning uh, that, that at one point she, she uh, would light a candle and, and I would learn to manipulate the flames. I would learn to uh, uh, take the flame from one candle and, and light another. And then create fire out of out of midair, uh, as, as if. Oh, that sounds fun! I did that too. Oh, look! And she just like summons a little ball of black fire in her hand. Yes, yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's fun. Exactly. And she tosses it back and forth like a softball, just <laughs> playing with the fire. Uh, well, but from from your knowledge of the uh, the arcane, did you learn your spells, or were they were they? How did how did you acquire your magic? I've always had it. No one taught me. Yeah, like I, I could just kind of do this stuff, and I just had practice. I guess. Interesting. From as long as you can remember, you've had, you've had magic. Oh yeah, as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's, that's fun. Yes, it was very useful <laughs> as a toddler trying to burn things. <laughs> um, yes, I can imagine. Mother servants had a handful. <laughs> well, um, but I distinctly remember learning my magic. Uh, but, but that doesn't line up from. Hmm. Can you still do? cantrips and an arcane magic? Well, um, I, I don't necessarily know about uh, controlling fire, but uh, simple spells. Creating light. Um. Okay, light, what else? Hmm. I can, I can, I can uh, um, mend things, uh, fix simple things. I can... Mending, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Hold on. These sound like divine spells, though. I mean, I mean arcane magic. Can you, can you do... Can you press the digitate? Um... Let me look up something really quick. <laughs> These are very good questions. Yeah, I would just basically continue explaining uh, spells from the uh, from the cleric cantrip list. I can uh, create a flame, but it's more of a sacred variety. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So this, that doesn't add up. You you learned arcane spells as a child and then forgot them, along with everything else, apparently. Yes. I don't. Yes, but there, there might have been some sort of, you know, inciting incident that, you know, Daisy doesn't remember. Have you had any trauma, Desmond? But he might not remember the trauma, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh. Someone might have um, erased his, taken his memories. Oh, interesting. Did that happen, Desmond? Oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 Divi, do you know, obviously, I also have a magical skill and talent, but when I was a young girl, I used to love to go into my family's mines and take the dynamite and just blow it up for fun. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. Well, I feel like you like danger. I do. Oh, I know. So do I. <laughs> That's why I think we'll be great pals. I'm just saying, you know, ask 
asking Desmond questions is wonderful because he then discovers things that he might not have thought of, but, you know, I really think that there was some sort of incident to take away his memories and, and what he remembers. Don't you think, Desmond? But perhaps, um, it could be as simple as I, I, I slipped and hit my head <laughs> on a rock. I don't think so. And um, do you ever remember having any, um, like, haters? People that really wanted you to fail? Haters? <laughs> yes. Is that gnomish slang? <laughs> Why, yes it is. You picked up on it perfectly. Cla- classic gnomish phrase. Haters gotta hate. <laughs> classic. No, but really, do you remember having any enemies or foes or... Oh. People you really didn't get along with. Um. Well, so far, the only people I remember at all are my mother and this woman. Um, this, this enchantress of sorts. And where is she? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where this, where this is. All of this in this book. She might be your clue, Desmond. If she did teach you, she was an enchantress. She might be the key to finding your lost brain. Excuse me, memories. For what it's worth, <laughs> enchanting is a school of magic that affects memories and people's, you know... It sort of fits, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Really? She, if she's a master, of course, she could easily take away... And, um, and your memories and the things that were dear to you and could easily place you on some sort of plane that isn't the one you were on before. Which... To be honest, that's what this feels like to me. Yes. But why would she do this? Why? What? what, what? I don't know, Des. You could have broke her heart. Us oh. women can sometimes be quite... Uh, well, actually not women. Really anyone. Because anyone <laughs> can do anything. But you never know. You never know. This this person could have... You could have done something to uh, make her very upset. Or she could have just been horrible innately. I like that one better. Enchanters are bad people. They mess with they they they're like mind control. They they yeah, they're they're bad people. Supposed to necromancers were the best people. Necromancers are misunderstood. Stand up citizens. <laughs> um really all enchantresses, all of them, awful. Well, I mean, you, you tell me why you want to control people's thoughts and can compel them to do things that they wouldn't yes, otherwise. It could be used for good. There is a possibility for that, of course. I Everything guess. could. It will, you know. What about controlling evil? Controlling evil is a good thing because then you could stop the evil, possibly. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All I'm saying is we should read these books and get as, as much information on this person as we can, and and perhaps on our journey, which we do have, as we do have a task at hand, we could pair finding her. Right. I wonder how the others are doing back in the ship. Excellent question. (laughs) (laughs) While the group of you in the cave discuss and continue to pour over the what little you can actually read of the stuff that's there, (laughs) Mist and Buck, um, have you are you outside of the ship now, waiting the arrival of these um, visitors, or are you still in the ship? What are you doing? Buck at least is outside of the ship. Uh, His his axe is definitely on his back still, so it's quite visible, but he hasn't made any move to grab at it. 
he's just kind of hanging out by the fire on high alert. Mist will uh, take position on the other side of the the other side of the, the, the hole in the hull. Roz has turned invisible again and is now back up in scout mode. The three figures on horseback sort of amble closer. And the, with the setting sun directly behind them, it's still tough to make out exactly what they look like until they get very close. And about 20 feet away from you, they stop. In the lead is a tall, thin, feline figure wearing a broad-brimmed cowboy hat. Peeking out from beneath that, you see a single amber eye and a snaggle tooth. Next to her, on her right, your left, is a stout turtle with a shield on his back and a bandana on top of his head beneath this broad, circular-brimmed hat. And then to Tabashi's left, your right, on a pony is a small herringen. Herringen? Herringen? A small rabbit folk with an eye patch who seems to be twirling a toothpick in the side of its mouth. The Tabashi in front seems very nonchalant. She sort of crosses her paws at her hips. And you see on either side she wields a scimitar, which is still in their sheaths. But her hands are resting on the hilts. And she just looks and stares at you from beneath her hat. Buck, give me a history check. It's going to be a whopping 12. Okay, none of the three of these look familiar to you. You don't believe that you have crossed their path before. Mist opens with, uh, good evening. Howdy. The Tabashi purrs towards you. Howdy, friends. You, uh... Having a safe journey so far? So far, so good. I have seen you around. You are the guy they call Buck. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm afraid I don't have the pleasure of knowing you, though. Have we met before? Perhaps. Perhaps not. I feel like I'd probably remember you. I think you may. They call me. And she flicks up her hat a little bit so you see her other amber eye. Buttercup. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Miss Buttercup. And who are your friends here? The pleasure is ours as well. Over here is... And she gestures towards the turtle. This is Mr. Augie Muldoon. And my little friend over here, well, they just call him Sammy Two Hops. What brings y'all out this way, if you don't mind me asking? We are hunters. We are looking for someone. Well, we haven't really seen many people out this way, so... No, but word was that you left the secret place with a bastard. Did I... No, all the folk that are in my party are nice. <laughs> and who do you have in the ship? There's a, a sleeping chap and a donkey. Sleeping chap's named Gruber. I gather he likes ham. So you don't object if we look? You want to go poking around our campsite? I don't know if you're telling the truth. Why do you want these people anyway? I'm just trying to establish a baseline of trust here. Fair enough. I mean, if they're dangerous, maybe we need to be on the lookout for them. I believe they are dangerous. Well, there is a bounty. 
How much? Why should I tell you? You could claim the bounty for yourself. Why should I let you check my stuff? That's not very neighborly of you. Neither is holding out on information. If you could help, I don't know, we might be able to help you. Maybe not. We seem to be at an impasse. Well, y'all could carry on your way. You'd share our fire for a little bit if you want. Rest your feet. Rest your, your steeds. This is agreeable. And Buttercup hops down from her saddle. She is tall and lanky, dressed in a leather duster. You see her two uh, scimitars on either side. She takes the duster off and lays it over the back of her her horse. And then she sits down in front of your fire. The turtle clambers down as well and kind of staggers up before, not so gently, dropping to the ground with a thud next to the fire. Oh, careful, friend. You can hurt yourself. The rabbit person does not dismount. In fact, they seem to be staring at you hard, Mist. Mist does bird things, like tilting his head to the side. As always, he's eyeing the rabbit back. Give me a deception and or performance check, Mist. I have put so many ranks into deception, and I so rarely get to take it out for a spin. And the fucking die rolls a two. (laughs) Thank goodness I have plus nine, because that makes it eleven. The rabbit seems mollified for the moment, and they hop down from their mount and sits down in the sand. They seem to be side-eyeing you still, and Buttercup looks around and says, This is simply a perfectly good place to camp. Curious, though, when you left the secret place, it was a much larger group. What happened to your friends? Well, you see, we fell into a little bit of, a little spot of trouble, but it happens, you know? Sometimes you just lose parties, and the desert's not a safe place. Really? Give me a, um, persuasion check. That is a 22. It is a dangerous place. And so the three of them seem to settle in. They pull out some rations and start eating it. They take a sip of water from wineskins, and they seem to be content to wait. Um, Roton, what are you doing? You're still standing, staring out at sea? Uh, he, he, assuming the serpent's continuing around, he's, he's eventually going to clamber down from the rocks and, and keep following the serpent. He'll maybe go a mile and then turn around. I don't know how big this island is. The island is not that big. So, so I guess he's gonna. Does the serpent go around the island? You, you can, you can literally follow it around, and you find yourself emerging from the forest, right near the mouth of the cave, at the beach, you started on. Uh, Roton will go inside. Is there still music <laughs> playing? Uh, is Winley still playing? Uh, no. Winley got tired. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Rotan, give me another constitution check. Okay. Or saving throw, sorry. That is a 15. You're still feeling nauseous. Still feeling a little lightheaded. The science part of my brain is like, is this because Rotan's gills are freshwater gills? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Ah! Ah. Rotan, where have you been? Well, I've been uh, following the, uh, the monster around the island. It really does seem to be... Swimming in circles around the island. Like a patrol? 
Uh, perhaps a patrol? Perhaps laps? Perhaps it, it, it's never tried anything else? I, I, I really can't speak to uh, what goes on in a, a sea beastie's head. Uh, well, it's been, it's been a while. Maybe we should make sure everyone else is okay. I agree. I think um, there's there's not much else to uh, gain from this place. Uh, well, if we ever need to come back, we know uh, the magical chest that brings us here. All right, hold on one second. And then Debbie's going to reach out to Roz just to be like, how's it going? Anything going on out there? Uh, you do not get any answer whatsoever. Hmm. This is concerning. We call for some more drastic measures. One second. And then she sits down cross-legged on the floor and goes into a unresponsive state where she's trying to do the thing where she just, like, perceives through her familiar senses. Does that work? No. As you go into sort of your meditative state and you reach out for Roz and you can't sense her anywhere. Uh, her eyes spring open and she jumps to her feet. All right, gotta go. Time to go back. Do your, do your water thing. Find, find the chest. We need to get to it. Let's go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. What? What happened? I don't know. What, I can't, what's going on? I don't know. I can't reach my familiar. That's never happened before. We need to go figure out what's going on. Something might be wrong. Oh, no. Groovy. <laughs> right, Gruber too. And and the others. Uh, yes, well, uh, let, let us let us leave then. Uh, Desmond, do you, do you still have uh, that water thing? Uh, yes, I believe I have uh, one more... Uh, let's just call it a, a spell slot in that in that area. <laughs> it's the technical term. Let's go. It sounds like the right thing to call it. <laughs> but you didn't learn it from playing D and D because <laughs> no. that happened elsewhere. Can you imagine. Right. So I, we will exit the cave and. Do you want to bring that book? Um, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely bring the book. Anything else? Just the just the cup just a couple of books I think. Um, everything else. Uh, Unless, unless someone has an idea of how to take a piano with us, then and he kind of chuckles. You can always <laughs> take the music in your heart. Uh, Roton tries to lift the piano. Uh, give me an <laughs> athletics check. 24. I can Roton, get this end, at least. <laughs> Roton picks up the piano. De- at, at this t- <laughs> Desmond looks at Roton and is just like, it, 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 it was a joke, Roton. I... I if it's a joke, you can put the piano down. And... Oh! Yes. Oh, ha 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 ha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate your, your um, enthusiasm. It was a good joke, Desmond. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't catch it at all. <laughs> Desmond, is your backpack watertight? Uh, good question. Probably not. Oh, here, just give me the books real quick, then. All right. And she takes... The books and shoves them one by one into the pockets of her dress where they seem to just disappear without even leaving like a bulge or anything like that. All right, that should that should take care of it. Come on, we're losing time. Roz is in trouble. All right, let's go. Okay, the group of you start trudging down the beach. Desmond, you cast your spell to part the seas. Let's cut back to the desert. The group of you have been seated around this fire just kind of eyeing one another warily. The Tabashi has pulled out a piece of wood and is sharpening, uh, looks like a sharpening a stick into a point. I wouldn't call it whittling so much as intimidatingly sharpening 
this steak. The turtle is eating and seems very unbothered by everything. The rabbit has not stopped staring at you, Mist. You hunt a lot of bounties? One or two. Buck, you see the Tabashi nod ever so slightly in the direction of the rabbit. The rabbit winks at you, Mist, and then suddenly vanishes in a silvery mist. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm a little confused. I thought we were all friends here. Perfectly friendly. Invisibility's not all that friendly, friend. That's shifty. Feel like you don't trust us. No invisibility. No one has disappeared. Go check on my friend in there. Make sure he's still doing okay. You turn your head, and you notice that the rabbit is inside the ship. And the rabbit seems to be examining the chest. Is there any way I can kick him into it? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right, yeah, I want to kick him into it, and then I want to close the top. What do I need to roll for that? (laughs) Uh, Give me me a two-hit roll. We'll treat it like a grapple. A Sparta kick roll. And you'll get advantage, because he's not prepared for it at all. All right, that is... 1725? Okay. You boot him into the chest. And he falls forward and vanishes. I'm going to slam that lid down and sit on it. You slam the lid down. And you sit on it. And as you do so, both of the Tabashi's scimitars come out. The turtle stands up and removes the shield from its back and a mace from its hip. On the other side... The group of you have just about reached the chest. The seas have parted when all of a sudden you see a rabbit creature pop up through the chest and then fall on the ground in front of you. And it stands up and it starts coughing (coughs) and spitting out water. Rotan, it has an eye patch. Oh, sword comes out. It's a rabbit. (laughs) Hello, sir. I would like everybody to roll for initiative here. Uh, Winley rolled a 19. 14 for Debbie. 7. 14. 16. 18. The turtle, who would uh, you would think would be the worst, actually rolled a natural 20. Huh. And the ones that you would think would be fast did not. Womp womp. Rabbit is a little bit out of his element. So first up is... The tortoise. The turtle. Mist, where are you? Buck has... You've gone into the ship. Mist, where are you? Still at the still at the fireside. Still at the fireside. Okay. Mist. The tortoise lumbers towards you and is going to try to attack you with its shield, sort of as a bash. It's going to hit you, like, once with the shield and then also swing with its, its mace. What's your armor class? 16. It hits you twice. So here's the thing. Uh-huh. The first time I take damage, I can use a react. I can use my misty escape reaction to go poof, and tell turn myself invisible and teleport up to sixty feet un- uh, to an unoccupied space I can see. You could do that in between attacks okay. if you want. All right, then that's what I'm going to do. Okay. You take seven points of damage as he smacks you with his mace. And I'm going to teleport back to the back to the opening in the ship's hull. Okay, so you you want to go inside the ship? Uh, I, I want to stay outside the ship, but I want to be, like, 
right there in the right there next to the doorway in well as soon as i reappear because i remain invisible until the start of my next turn or until i attack or cast a spell okay so um and that brings us to winley winley this rabbit has just appeared in front of you and is coughing and spitting out water its ears are wet and droopy and it's like shaking its fur it looks very cross it is also about your height um Winley walks up to uh, the rabbit and casts prestidigitation to dry the rabbit and starts patting him on the back to get, you know, the water out of out of his lungs. Oh, darling, darling rabbit. Oh, you seem a bit shook up. My name's Winley. Be careful, Winley. It's got an eye patch. <laughs> oh, Tony, there's nothing wrong with an eye patch. You never know what sort of valiant and great things he's done in order to get such a thing. As you approach, and as you pat on the back and, and help it cough up the water, it removes its the quarterstaff from its back and starts just twirling it in front of you, trying to keep you away from it. Oh, all right now, Rabbit. I wasn't going to do anything to you. I was, I mean, I dried you off and all. I mean, no harm. Do you speak? <laughs> it shakes its head. You don't speak, but you understand. It nods warily. Okay. Well, again, my name is Wendley. I am friend of all animal, unless you puncture me or some sort of thing, because then I become very violent. We need not need that. The, the rabbit does not seem inclined to answer. It seems to be looking past you, Wendley at somebody behind you. Well, Rabbit, I'm here if you need me. I am always a friend until you make me a foe. Okay, that brings us to Mist. Mist shimmers back into the visible spectrum and sweeps the green staff out in front of him. And the sand seems to rise uh, in these shadowy tendrils surrounding his body. Um, and I cast Shadow of Moil on myself. And he says, How about you come over here and try that again, you bastard? Yeah, it wasn't worth it, but whatever. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> we... Well, I was going to say we have company, but we already knew that we had company. Uh, uh, the company needs to be shown the door. We're not there welcome. It's a fight, dude. <laughs> I'm aware I started it. <laughs> okay, so Miss, you cast Shadow of Moil. And you have the, it's like the tentacles whipping about you. I mean this with all due respect. You're super spooky, man. Why, thank you. <laughs> and also, thank you. <laughs> okay, that brings us to Buck. Buck's going to take out his great axe. I'm going to, I'm going to try an intimidate on this. He's just going to shout out at the others. I got your friend in here. If you want him back, you're going to put your weapons down. Make an uh, intimidation check. It's an 18. That you can only see the turtle from where you are right now. Both mists kind of shadowy form, and the turtle are obscuring your view of the Tabashi. The turtle does not seem phased or intimidated at all. But you hear from behind the turtle, Well, we have your donkey. Perhaps we can make a 
trade? Oh, friend, if anything happens to that donkey, you're going to have one angry little miss to deal with. And I, I don't like your chances at that. <laughs> so that brings us to Debbie and Desmond, both with 14. Debbie has dex 12. Higher dex goes first. Okay, okay, so Debbie is first. She's staring at the, the rabbit that's being defensive. You came from that chest, didn't you? You're the reason I can't talk to Roz. It narrows its eyes at you. Get out of my way. And she casts Cause Fear on the rabbit. It is a DC 18 wisdom save. The rabbit just grins at you. It's a wicked grin. And then just shakes its head like, ah, ah, ah. (laughs) She glares daggers at this rabbit now. Nobody resists my fear. But then she tries to push past and get to the chest. So you're going to try to push past the rabbit? Is, is the rabbit blocking the chest? Oh, you're going to open yourself up to an attack of opportunity. Totally fine with that. So she will try to skirt around the rabbit. And if, if the rabbit attacks, then so be it. The rabbit does attack. What is Debbie's armor class? Twelve. The rabbit is spinning its quarterstaff. And as you enter his range, he whips it around and cracks you in the side of the head for 18 points of damage. God. I actually rolled a natural 20. Ow! You little asshole. And she casts (laughs) Hellish Rebuke on the rabbit. As a reaction? As a reaction, yes, because she took damage. All right, what does that do? Dexterity saving throw, DC 18 again. Okay, the rabbit uh, misses this. Then the rabbit takes 16 fire damage as it's engulfed in black flames from Devi's wrath. And she goes, and then continues on her way past it. I'm sorry, 16 points of damage? 16 points of damage. Jesus Christ. 2d10. Okay, that brings us to Desmond. Desmond is hella confused. Um, He's keeping this (laughs) water at bay. Sees this rabbit spring out of this chest, smack Devi in the side of the head. Winley's trying to calm it down, dry it off. He's just like... Whatever the, whatever the fuck is going on, let's all get through the chest. I, I, only, I can only hold this water at bay for so long. Rabbits, whoever you are, if, I, if, if, if we don't get back through the chest, we all die. And you will just continue to hold the spell. Okay, it's the rabbit's turn. Whatever the next sentence is, it's going to be an only in D&D sentence. The rabbit, like... <laughs> Probably. The rabbit closes its eye and there's this silvery glow about it and all of a sudden floating in the air all around it are what look like small silver rabbits streaking about like ghostly images of rabbits kind of shrouding the rabbit Rotan Desmond Wenley give me an arcana check uh, Wenli is a 13. Natural one. <laughs> Three minus two is a non-natural one. Okay, Winley, you have seen this before, or you think you've seen this spell before, but the last time you saw it, it was much scarier. <laughs> as Silway shrouded herself with dark, malevolent-looking spirits. Everyone, this is something Silway used to do. Do you see those floating rabbits? Yes. Hard to miss. Devi, you are within this shroud of rabbits. 
Do I need to make a save? You do need to make a save. What kind of save? <laughs> a wisdom saving throw. Poetic. 13. Uh, that is not high enough. Probably going to pay for this one, too. 13 points of damage to Debbie. If I had two reactions, you would be so burned right now. As the spirits seem to almost pass through you, Debbie, and they burn as they do so. Ah, the rabbits, they burn. They burn. <laughs> There's your only in D&D. There we go. I was waiting for it. There, there it is. There it is. So now it is the Tabashi's turn. Buck and Mist. You hear what sounds like a soft, almost purr emanating from the Tabashi. But it's more rhythmic, as the Tabashi seems to be singing to herself. And then the Tabashi looks at you, Mist. A black beam of energy springs forth from her paw and strikes you. No saving throw on that? Well, it may strike you. It may strike you. I need to roll to see if it hits first. And you do so with disadvantage. What's your armor class? 16. It still hits you. Damn. Mist, you are enfeebled, which means uh, you deal only half damage with weapon attacks that use strength. So you're not the ideal target for this, but you're all she could see. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All my my mighty sword blows will go. But you're feeling a bit weaker. Yeah. And that brings us to Rotan. The reason we're fucking here. (laughs) Kill it. Feed it to me. Okay, one thing at a time. (laughs) You, you leave my my sister alone. You, you, you rascally rabbit. (laughs) And uh, Rotan's gonna gonna charge in, I guess. Okay. Roll to see if you hit. He's going to swing with a 15. That misses. Okay. The rabbit dances out of the way. Okay. Second attack. All right. That's my turn. (laughs) It's a good try, little brother. One day you'll get this vengeance thing right. Okay. That brings us to the back, back to the top of the order. The turtle strides towards you, Mist. Mist Mist makes a kissy face at him. Your kissy face works as he misses twice. And that brings us to Winley. Winley, uh, you need to roll damage. Or I need to roll damage because you started um, your turn in next to the rabbit. Winley, you take 14 points of damage as these silvery, ghostly rabbits pass through you, burning you as they do so. So what I'm going to do is cast Cure Wounds as 22 points back for Debbie. Ah, she's back up to full. And then as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Bardic Inspiration on Mist. Mist is on the other side, so you can choose Desmond, Debbie. Yeah, we're we're gonna go with Desmond. So, Desmond, for 10 minutes, you can add add it uh, to one ability check, attack roll or savings throw, 1d10. And then you can just imagine Winley cussing out this rabbit. And that brings us to Mist. Uh, double Aldrich Blast right into the face of this turtle. Uh, first shot. 
Uh, it's a 25 to hit. Uh, he is going to use his reaction to give you disadvantage. Okay, so double disadvantage by being in melee range. 21. Okay, well, it still hits him. Uh, and uh, 27 for the second one. Uh, they both hit. That's, uh, ooh, 15 force plus another 10. So 25 force damage. Miss basically does a quick draw, swinging his hands up from his hips into the, you know, into finger guns. Pew, pew. Okay, you shoot him twice at point blank range. It doesn't really seem to affect him much. It seems more angry than anything else at this point. And that brings us to Buck. All right, well, this is a full-bone brawl, so he's gonna... He's just gonna come out swinging. Uh, I'm gonna use Goring Rush, and that's gonna dash me forward. as sort of like a surprise. Okay. Unless it succeeds a DC 16... This thing is getting knocked back. It fails it. The turtle lowers its shield, bracing for your impact, thinking that it can easily just push you back or turn you aside. But you collide with him, and you push him back. So I knock him back 10 feet, and also because it's a horns attack, he's getting a 1d6 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. So how much damage? Uh, it's going to be 10. All right. The turtle looks angry now. And it growls at you, to the extent that turtle can growl. Well, shit! I ain't never heard that sound before. <laughs> okay, that brings us to Debbie. Debbie, first you're gonna take damage. Do I need a save? Uh, I guess you do. You could do get a, a wisdom save. Nope. Whopping five points of damage. So Debbie's been on a bit of a damage roller coaster. She uh, got hit and then seemed okay, and then got smacked in the back of the head, and then was not doing well, then got healed, and now is back to the damn. Um, but she's kind of preoccupied by looking into the chest. So as you're looking into the chest, you see on the other side the lid open. <gasps> the lid opened! I'm coming, Roz! And she dives in headfirst. Okay, you dive in headfirst and you emerge on the other side. At the entrance to the ship, you see a small, dark bird wreathed in shadow. And you see Gruber, unconscious, at its feet. Um... First thing she does is she reaches out to try to see if she can contact Ross. And as you do so, you can contact Ross. Oh, there you are. And this is all like mentally. She's just like telepathically talking to Ross. What, what's going on? What happened? Are you okay? In six seconds, how much does Ross tell you? Uh, she quickly says, Turtle Rabbit Cat. But, but she uses full sentences because Ross can speak to Debbie in full sentences. Right. Uh, but <laughs> Turtle Rabbit Cat came, threatened Rabbit in chest. She couldn't see that. She's oh, didn't up see that. above. Okay, she did not see that part. She saw nothing that happened inside the ship. All right, well, then that, that's basically the gist of it. Okay, so that is what you see. You see this small Kenku wreathed in shadow and an unconscious grouper at its feet. Okay. Buck and the turtle are outside the ship. As is the Tabashi, and you can't see any of them. I think she'll ask, bird? Evil bird? Is Roz aware of the bird's status? I don't know if she is. I mean, Roz doesn't know Mist has the hat. So, or what the hat does. Also so true. I don't think Roz can know exactly what happened. All Roz saw was this bird appear. Yes, this is the debate. Does Debbie attack the bird? And did see the bird sitting next to Buck, but like... And the, bir and the bird did emerge from the ship with Buck. Yes, so... What can she like... put together... And what does Debbie put yeah, together? I mean, okay, let me put it this way. Does Roz have an intelligence score? 
Roz is more intelligent than most of our party. <laughs> Alright, then give me an intelligence check. We'll let the dice decide. I can't be bad, it's true. Damn. Okay, 12 plus... What is her intelligence? Okay, so 13. I'm gonna say there's so much chaos going on. Roz can fill in quickly. Fight happen. Strangers... You know, and then Debbie's just going to have to react to whatever she sees, which is apparently an evil-looking bird uh, standing over an unconscious grouper. It is an evil-looking bird wreathed in shadow. Uh, then she's going to try the cause fear thing again. So she's ca- casting cause fear on the Kenku. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from my friend! Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, honey. DC 18 Hang on, where is it? Where is it? Oh, God, what are you doing? Does this count? Oh, damn. It's not attack. It's a spell. Fear, do- fear doesn't count as a charm, does it? No, it's its own thing. It's a necromancy spell. Yeah, no, but it doesn't. I have a... I am immune to being charmed. I don't know. Fear's not charmed. She's not being charmed and, right now. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and when a creature attempts to charm me, I can flip the charm back at that creature and make it safe. Oh, that's wonderful. But nope. I did, right? <laughs> It hasn't come up yet, and I was really like, oh, this would be a hilarious time for it, but it's, it's just charm. It doesn't, it's not fear as well. Okay. Well, then, DC 18 wisdom save to see if I can awaken your sense of mortality. Uh, 20. All right. Debbie is doing her best to be scary and awaken your sense of fear and mortality, and apparently... Apparently, she's not scaring anybody. She's trying her best. <laughs> so, just to add to the effect, as she's trying to be very, very scary, she is flopping out of the chest, sopping wet. And like laying on the floor, like generally pointing towards towards mist. She looks very not frightening right now. And the extra irony is that if either of you were within ten feet of me, neither <laughs> of you could be frightened. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so that happens. That brings us to Desmond. Desmond will uh, keeping one hand up, focusing on the magic of holding the water at bay. Seeing that this thing is hostile, he will raise the conch, he will give it a blow, and this thing will, the water elemental will appear. You blow the conch shell, and the water, like, part of the wall of water seems to detach. Yeah. Sweet. And then form into this elemental, which starts making its way towards the rabbit. Awesome. And I'll just kind of, like, drop the conch back to my waist, put my hands back up and whisper to that thing, or, or, or say to this uh, elemental, like, Go! Uh, take care of it while we while we make our escape. And I like to imagine the elemental like kind of like side shifting back into the wall of water and then swimming towards this thing. That's very and then cool. hopping out, <laughs> like hopping out and then <laughs> like like lunging at it. Okay, roll to see if you hit. Because he has a he's a swim speed of ninety. This guy. First attack is sixteen. That misses. Also, I need the, I'm need i going to need the Water Elemental to make a Wisdom saving throw, but you can roll for your attacks first. Okay, second attack, uh, 19. That will hit. Seven points of damage. Okay, now give me the Wisdom save. Uh, 19. All right, it is the rabbit's turn. Rotan, the rabbit looks up at you. It narrows its eyes, and it sort of raises one of its, its little paw, and it just gives you a... Flick, like be gone. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. I kind of, the player in me wants to fail this, <laughs> but that's going to be a 20. Alas. Alas. In your mind, you feel momentarily the compulsion to run away, 
But you're Rotan von Bastard, and you run from no man or no rabbit. Please. The rabbit looks at you, looks at its hand, shrugs, and then hops backwards into the chest. Okay. And it uses its rabbit hop ability, so it does not provoke a, an attack <laughs> of opportunity. That's cool. It uses its what? Uh... That's it is called the rabbit hop. As a bonus action, you can jump 15 feet without provoking opportunity attacks. Damn. As a bonus action? That's so yes. Cool. That's a, it's a racial trait. Oh, my god! You gosh. can do it three times per long rest. They could have just called it hippity hop. Like, I don't know why. Could've. Okay, so the rabbit hops back through the chest. Devi, you see the rabbit materialize next to you. You again. If you'd like, you get an attack of opportunity on it. Really? If you want to use it. Uh, Give Bunny Bunny Fufu a taste of its own medicine. Yeah, because you're fully healed. Who gives a fuck? Fuck him up. Debbie has no weapons, so Mm. she'll make an unarmed slap against the rabbit. (laughs) Slap the fur right off it. Could just rabbit punch it. (laughs) Going to cast a spell and elbows him in the eye. (laughs) All right, let's see what happens here. Nat 20 on my punch. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it is right in the eye. <laughs> I, is it, uh, this is an unarmed strike, and she has minus one strength. I, well, you still do one point, two points of damage at minimum. Doubled from one to two. Hey, every little bit helps. So, yeah, the, the rabbit appears, and just reflexively, Debbie punches in the face. <laughs> and then says, ow, my hand. I, he's a soft bunny. It doesn't hurt. He still has a skull. <laughs> you punch him in the ear. The soft, velvety ear. Punch me in the ear! <laughs> you forget the follow-up to you punch me in the ear was, no, that's fucking perfect. And then another <laughs> wallop. true. <laughs> okay, that brings us to the Tabashi. Right, the other Tabashi. The other, well, you're a bird, so. Yeah, I look like a bird. The Tabashi, with some flair, flashes her scimitars out to the side and kind of crouches and then springs towards you, Buck, with her scimitars flashing as she attacks you. What's your armor class? Uh, 16. Ooh, she hits you twice. She slashes at you twice for 13 points of damage. (laughs) And as she's close to you, as you hear, as she strikes you, you still hear that she's singing softly to herself in this sort of purring, sing-songy way. That was cute, but you know now it's my turn. Almost. It is Rotan's turn first. Well, Rotan is going to dive. And I mean a literal dive. He's going to dive into this chest after this rabbit. (laughs) And he's holding a great sword, so the sword goes in first. (laughs) Okay, Rotan, you dive through the chest. And you tumble out on the other side. The rabbit's going to take a swing at you. Does a 17 hit. A 17... I believe hits now. Well, it matches. Okay, you take eight points of damage as this rabbit clubs you with its quarterstaff. Okay, can I attack it back? You can. Okay. Swings the great sword. Does 19 hit? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, 18. You hit the rabbit true. You catch it right in the side. And you see that the cocky expression that the rabbit has been wielding 
like a second weapon, this entire fight falls from his face. He's hurt. And as you pull the sword away, blood is just dripping down the rabbit's side, and it's wobbling on its feet. More. Finish him. I do get two attacks per round. Kill him. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, sword. That's a 12. Alright, it's he's just wobbling on his feet, but he wobbles out of the way of your return stroke. Can 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 like <laughs> it's it's a big sword. Can he just like catch it on the wooden wall or something like that on its backswing? Sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you catch the tip in the the wall and you're like yanking it trying to free it. Yep. Yeah, I like that. And that brings us back to Winley. I'm gonna turn to Desmond and say, I think it's time to go in. Will you be all right? Yes. Uh, yes, go. I'm right behind you. Wonderful. And um, Winley takes out both of her daggers just just in case and goes through the chest. <laughs> it's like this pile of people at the entrance to the chest. So the, the rabbit, obviously very woozy, like is facing me when I enter. Yes, it's, the rabbit is sort of facing Rotan, but then sees you as you enter and then swings at you. Okay, so Winley would like to come up behind the rabbit because, everyone, this is something Winley can do is the rabbit and Winley are the same height. So Winley is going to come behind the rabbit, whisper, you should have been a nice rabbit, and slit the rabbit's throat. Ooh. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> yes, Winley. I was debating whether to spare this thing. Roll to see if you did. <laughs> no mercy. It's... T- it's too good. Please. 18. And that will be enough to dispatch the rabbit if you choose to do so. Absolutely. All right. Tell me what it looks like. Um, you see, you know, two people that are the same height. And you can see the joy and twinkling in Winley's eye and in Winley's jewel. She comes up behind this stumbling rabbit, takes his neck into her face and whispers what I just said and with such force slits the throat so much that blood splatters everywhere it almost sprays everyone who is in front are we being directed by Sam Raimi I told you I would have my Chucky moments I'm taking the opportunity okay I love it so Once again, neither the terrifying bird cat person nor the necromancer can hold a candle. So uh, that happens. Damn. And the rabbit falls to the ground at Windley's feet. Absolutely, it does. Sammy Two Hops is no more. Should have been a nice rabbit. That brings us to Mist. We're gonna do the old double Eldritch Blast. 21. That will hit. First, second shot is a 24. Okay, so. All right, so you hit him twice. And oh, well, he'll just take the, he'll just take the 11 force damage then. All right, Buck, that brings us to you. Uh, yeah, Cat Lady, as uh, wonderful as I'm enjoying her, uh, we're gonna have to attack, and I get two and an action surge. It's a 14 for one of them, a dirty 20. Okay, the first one misses. The second one hits. And then a 21. That one hits as well. So 13. 
And a 14, so 27 total damage. Oof. You hit her hard, and her swagger seems to have fallen as well. You know, you could stop this at any time. Don't have to keep doing this. Why do you protect the criminals? Why am going Irish? She just hisses at you. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad choice, but you know, we all make them. Okay, that brings us to Debbie. So Debbie's going to make her way over to the dead rabbit and just sort of like stare in fascination. Should I bring him back? Do you want to like question him or something? Never mind. I can question him when he's dead. Hold on. Um, so in front of her is still a, a bird and a turtle that have, are just fighting each other. Well, the bird is, is in the entrance to the ship, but you did see the bird shoot two eldritch bolts at something outside of the ship. I don't know if she knows Mist well enough to recognize the signature spells yet at this point. Debbie's going to, I guess, attack the Kenku? I don't want to, but like, what else is going to do here? It makes sense. Alright. Well, well, we'll deal with the, the rabbit in a minute. We have other th- other issues. And she's going to cast... Um, I think Inflict Wounds would be the logical thing for her to do it against an enemy right there. Is that the... Does Mist get a save on that? It's a, a ranged attack for me, so I'm using Distant Meta Magic oh, okay. to do it at, at range. How far away are you? I don't know. How far away am I? Maybe 30 to 40 feet, somewhere in there. I have a 30-foot range. So if I have to move 10 feet closer, I will. Uh, move 20 feet closer. No. Uh, <laughs> just get within 20 feet, 10 feet of me. No. You don't know the difference. I know to avoid the <laughs> magical fire, the magical black fire. I'm familiar enough with that kind of stuff. I want to hit as many Von Bastards with this thing as I can. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have disadvantage on the attack roll. Oh, that's good to know. Because you know it's in there, but you can't tell exactly where. The worst roll was a four, plus ten is fourteen. Yep, that doesn't do it. All right. Well, then she attempts to inflict wounds upon Mist on the River in Kenku form and fails. Because she can't find him in that freaking dark fire. Okay, that brings us to Desmond. Uh, Desmond yells to the elemental after seeing uh, Windley go through. He says, go, go, follow them, help them. And uh, the elemental will... Leap through the chest. Alright, the elemental leaps into the chest. And now you are there, standing there by yourself, holding back the water. So Desmond uh, will walk up uh, walk up to the chest, pause for a moment, take like a quick look over his shoulder, close his eyes, and sigh. And then he will let the water go and hop through the chest. And you emerge into a chaotic scene on the other side. To your right, as you tumble out of the chest is the corpse of the rabbit. You look up, and standing over the corpse is Windley, with blood still dripping from her dagger. In front of you, you see Devi stepping forward. And I, what does cause wounds look like? Is it like... It's evil. It, looks, it looks like necromancy. It looks like a she's trying to pull black energy from mist towards her. Yeah, you see her, like, moving her hands and trying to pull this dark energy away from this dark cloud at the other end of the boat. And you think you see the figure of, like, a bird within it. And um, next to him, you see Gruber unconscious. You do not see your water elemental. Um, he looks around. He doesn't see his elemental. He's like, oh, that's strange. But uh, then he looks... Uh, Winley, what what is going on? Um, you know, he just he wouldn't stop, does it? And um, 
it just had to be done. Oh, okay, all right. Um, we'll unpack that later. It's like something out of Goodfellas. There's nothing we could do about it. <laughs> it's just like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> but um, I, I do think, though, everyone else is is um, outside of the ship. Right. No, I'm still here. Well, I wasn't talking to you. And the enemy necromancer is still inside the ship. A necromancer? The one in the, the, see the dark fire? That's definitely, that's Shadow of Moyle. It's a necromancy spell. All right. Uh, where, where, where is Buck? Where, 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 what is happening? <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, he will get out of the chest. Well, I, there was nothing other to do than to end his life. Because he was awful and not a good rabbit. Right. I don't blame you. <laughs> anyway, I need to check on Gruber. So you, you can talk to Debbie. Okay. When they, like... <laughs> or Rotan, who's... Oh, I, yeah, you forgot. Rotan is standing there with the sword stuck in the ship, trying to pull it out. <laughs> okay. Classic us. Devi, wh- what is happening? Who, who who are you... What What is going on? I don't know. I can't tell what's inside that shadow, but it's definitely necromantic, and... It, it might be mist. No, it's fire and <laughs> shadow, not mist. He does this sometimes. He? Wait, oh, oh, missed the cat, not missed the... Hold on. Signal! <laughs> Why are you saying signal? Signal! Yep, it's missed. <laughs> Nobody else knows our secret. <laughs> I love that that's her thing. <laughs> but it finally was useful. Maybe. Wait, why is Miss... Uh, why... While Winley is clutching Gruber, you know, Desmond, I really don't know what's going on either. I just happened to murder this bunny. Right. But that's about I it. I see that. I see that. Yes. Um. Oh, God. And he'll get out of the chest and make his way forward. <laughs> just happened to murder this bunny. I just, honestly, if we ever had a listener who could draw, I would want... <laughs> This scene. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Desmond, you're gonna just stride forward. Yeah. How far are you gonna go? I'll, I'll, I'll take a peek outside. Okay, I think as that's you missed. get within 20 feet of the shadowy figure. Mike, what happens? Nothing. He's gotta attack me for it to do for it to lash oh, back okay. at him. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Alright, so you walk and you peer outside and you see... Buck squaring off against a turtle man with a shield and a mace. And next to it is a Tabashi in a cowboy hat with two scimitars. And the Tabashi seems to be hurt and is favoring her side. And Buck is in full, I don't know, ass-kicking mode, (laughs) swinging his great axe... Like almost like the cartoons with a bull on a rampage with steam coming out of his nostrils. Um, all right, all right, and he'll reach out his hand, <laughs> and um, and the uh, the turtle needs to give me a save uh, of some kind. Hold on one sec. Yeah, wisdom saving throw, DC seventeen. Don't like his odds. Nope. Four minus two. Uh, so that was hold person. So, uh, I will just, he will just freeze in place. Okay, so you are holding the turtle, and that brings us to the Tabashi. And the Tabashi is just looking up at you. Buck, this 
is not over. And she is going to use her feline agility. And then she is going to disengage and bounce away. So she's now 60 feet away from you, Buck. And she looks like she's turning tail and running. Yeah, he's going to let her. Because he was trying to end that the entire time. Right. So, okay. And she sprints off into the night. Well, I'm sure that won't come back to bite us in the ass. Did we win? I did. (laughs) Rotod, you are able to free the sword from the wood. That kill was mine. Uh, Well, uh, you know, uh, we we share. Um, I think uh, Rotod will go over to Gruber and make sure he's okay. So you walk over to Gruber, and you crouch down, and you put your hand on his shoulder, and you shake him, and he doesn't stir. And then you shake him again, and his eyes lazily open. <sighs> oh, is your morning already? Uh, Gruber, are you hurt? Oh, um, I don't think so. Oh, well, that's good. You you seem to have just slept through a battle. Oh, oh again? <laughs> yes, darling. But everything is all right. No one was too harmed. Oh, Winley, you're all, you're all wet. <laughs> yes. Don't mind the blood, darling. <laughs> Why would bounty hunters be after Rotan? Wait, I read that wrong. Why wouldn't bounty hunters be after Rotan? Maybe Augie Muldoon will have some answers for us next time on Multiclass Theater. sequitur completely out of the game the other day i was walking to the store and the ice cream man was parked and i just out of curiosity i walked up to it to see how much an ice cream at the ice cream truck costs how much do you think an ice cream at the ice cream truck costs these days in new york in new york city like five dollars oh 15 like seven dollars is six right in the middle Boy. I was absolutely flabbergasted. I confess, other than just that being a lot of money, I don't have a huge fame of reference because somebody, whether or not they're listening to this podcast, told me when I was, you know, weensy weensy, that no, that's just a music truck. It just goes around in the neighborhood <laughs> playing music in the summertime. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. oh. Mom, Dad, did you know the music truck sells ice cream? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Well. <laughs> okay, so my notes say Winley rolled a 26, Desmond a natural 20, and it's a sort of improvisational jazz combo with piano and lute that fills people with joy and also makes them cry. Uh, <laughs> is, is there anything else <laughs> that I missed? No.
Adam, no, I, I think I think that is that is enough. You think that'll do it? So so think... some of some of the typing that was going on earlier was um, Mike messaged me and said just do do tribute the be- the best song in the world. <laughs> but the problem with that is I've already used it in the show. What? Mm. Yeah, in season two, remember how the orc plays a, a lute song that's like the prettiest <laughs> thing we've ever heard. <laughs> I made it tribute. Oh my god. I had no idea. Yeah, it's it's subtle, but it's there for you know the one person who who catches it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or not, rabbit. I do think that the 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 bones and all that we'll be able to get out will be oh, good enough for some sort of <laughs> sorry, some sort of broth. So does this count as cannibalism? I, because I think it does. that's a, a like, sentient person. This is a lizard folk thing. Like, oh, like, oh, I thought it was a rabbit. It was well. It's, it is, it's, but it's, in the same way that it's mist a, is. A it's cat. a rabbit. The same way mist is a yeah. It's the same way mist is a cat. Well, I wouldn't oh. need a cat. A oh, rabbit, okay. but not a cat. I I didn't know that. Like it wasn't an actual forest bunny. That just was a dick. It was a stand-up, like the way the way. Oh. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, well, Buck died. Well, guess we're having hamburgers. Like that's <laughs> the level of uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, I really thought it was just a rabbit. <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, you know, we're in the desert. I mean, what are we gonna eat? That makes her way more terrifying. <laughs> There's a pragmatism here. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, it also would be really in character for Winley to just be like, yep. It, it felt really in character. <laughs> However terrifying you think Winley is, there's always another <laughs> level to it.